Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Talking Husker football recruiting right now on the block on a Monday. Great way to start our week off and yours with the, the best recruiting information around as we go to the Honda of Lincoln hotline. Welcome in our man with boots on the ground on the inside of Husker recruiting, Brian Munson of Husker Online. Brian, how you doing? Having a good week? Yeah, literally boots on the ground, sitting up here in the motherland out in Kearney right now, man. So uh, hoping it does not snow. Are, we, are you actually seeing some flurries in the forecast? Don't that say that. Don't or, say uh, that, bro. I bind that. <laughs> I don't want no parts of that action or smoke. Otherwise, I'm on a plane. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, and and I and there's there's so many guys coming in this weekend. I you know I don't want to call it like the junior day kind of level, but there's some there's some return visitors. There's some guys coming in from some warmer weather areas. Last thing you really need in in, in that time frame there is a, a flurry sitting on the ground on on Saturday morning. So. Definitely thinking bigger picture here, guys. That's all, I'm, that's all I'm saying. And that's why we like having you on, thinking bigger picture. You're getting your uh, spring game visitor list put together, right? I'm trying, man. I tell you what, it's um, it's coming together, you know, slow and steady. Uh, we, we've added a couple guys today. Uh, actually, you just, just added a very big one in Makai Sena, the Arlington Martin four-star interior offensive lineman. So this is Bob, Coach Bob Wagers, uh, former, you know, high school player. Um, and, you know, uh, Ishmael Flores and Jeremiah Charles, you know, and um, Gage Wagger's uh, former teammate. So big dude, 6'5", 285-ish, you know, uh, taking a lot of trips so far. Good to see him come to Nebraska. I had kind of heard that he wasn't necessarily, you know, as tight as uh, Charles and Flores kind of were, but there's some really, there's some weird kind of, there's some weird little things kind of working in the back end out there in Arlington. It kind of comes down to like where you went to middle school and like that, those are your buddies. And, you know, so that there's, there's definitely some of those little underlying factors, but good, good to see Nebraska is getting in. Great. The only thing we like better than getting in the mind of high school players is getting in the mind of high school players when they were in middle school. I'm sure that's a ton easier, right? I am. I tell you what, from as many different uh, angles and lenses as, as I have to look at them through, that's just that's that's just part of it, right there. I mean, when you get in those bigger metro areas, sometimes like like even like you know talking to like Dwight Brutal last year and going mm. through the the various high school changes he went through and the guys he went to middle school with and stuff like that. Those are those are certainly topics that we have to get into from time to time. So uh, Brandon Baker, another big name uh, on the docket, announced on Twitter that he's coming back for the spring game this weekend. Any other of those, you know, top of the class headline style guys on your visitor list so far? Well, we added Carter Nelson last night, and I'll tell you something. I mean, I, I think probably a lot of people are rolling around, well, the Ainsworth, Nebraska kid. Look, this is the guy that just got back from Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee. You know, he just did that, that southeast swing through the Sun Belt. Um, he has seen, you know, those top teams that are really, you know, entered the picture trying to get a kid out of, of, of the backyard of, you know, in the middle, in, in the middle of the backyard of Nebraska. I mean, literally just, it's so, it's such a, it's such an interesting story that, you know, you got a guy like that growing up where he is and how, how kind of secluded you know, the town of Ainsworth really is, you know, being hours away from Kearney or 
Sioux Falls or Grand Island or whatever you, whatever you want to say. So I think it's always big when Carter comes to town. I, I really, you know, he's, he is def- definitely the top player in the state of, of Nebraska. Um, he's doing some good things out there on the track and, you know, he's getting ready probably to set up the, the next round of his big visits and he'll be out in the West coast here shortly between UCLA and USC and Oregon and, it wouldn't surprise me at all at some point he gets down to Texas too to check out AM in Austin. So uh, things are things are big, 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 big with him right now. And I know that Notre Dame is still very much in the picture and he wants to get back there at some point. So I think that that's a big one. We confirmed Dylan Williams from Long Beach Poly um, mm-hmm. last week as well. Four star, you know, linebacker. Um, he's he's coming in. Actually, he's got a friend. That'll be in as well, but he'll he's coming in a little bit sooner. Kamar Mathudi, uh, he's from Campbell Hall High School. He's coming in on Thursday for practice. Could not get there for the spring game, but he's at least coming in. Another linebacker, but they're but they're buddies, you know, and and that's that's big. And Willis McGahee, he confirmed again to me um, Sunday night or Monday night that he would that he'd be back in to, to Nebraska, even though Dylan Rayola was one of the big reasons why he wanted to come back. Dylan's not covered in now. Those are some of the big names, Brian, as you look at the list. Who are some of the guys that, in your opinion, are under the radar that Husker fans should be excited or in town this weekend for the spring game? Um, you know, I, Jordan Ochoa is a name to kind of kind of pay attention to. Um, so Ochoa visited Nebraska a week ago. He's originally from Gearing. He moved to Colorado. His dad played for UNK, uh, played defensive line. Um, uh, he is you know, wanted some more attention than what he felt like he could get being from Garing and, it, and it's worked. And he actually picked up his, his first P5 offer last week from Washington state. Um, he's a six foot four, 220 poundish, you know, edge guy. And uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. I mean, he's just, he's got, got ties back to the state you know and 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 he's uh he's a little bit under the radar he's the kind of guy that's going to start percolating here in the in the next month or two I think the evaluation period is going to be big for him I think the summer the summer camp tour is going to be big for him uh, it'll be very interesting to see how kind of the official visits get to go for him but I like I like the Ochoa um uh, guy coming in def- definitely that weekend there's also another guy coming in on Thursday that's, that's interesting because I like this film. Not going to lie to you, Tyler Wesley, uh, Greenville, Mississippi, um, from Olive Branch High School. And uh, I really like his film. He's an edge guy. He's about the same size as, as Ochoa. He doesn't quite have Ochoa's athleticism, in my opinion. Ochoa's a, a little bit different there at the, at the, at, in that space, but really still a very good player. He's kind of a guy that's kind of budding a little bit. He's taking some trips. He's getting a chance to get out there. And, and uh, yeah, those are, those are a couple of guys that are a little bit more off the radar. I, you know, another guy, here you go. Pierce, uh, the 2025 guy, Pierce Mooberry, Millard North was there last Saturday, picked up an offer from Iowa state on Thursday, coming back to Nebraska, I think tomorrow for practice. And then is going to get, completely and totally into a decision-making mode to have to either go to Nebraska or go to Ames for the spring games weekend. So if Nebraska offers on Tuesday, watch and see if Blueberry makes it back on Saturday. That would be a big sign. If you uh, missed the, the write-up on Blueberry, Brian, I believe you have one of those up uh, on, on three. Do you not? 
we do. So yes, that that's one that's coming up. I probably won't write another one tomorrow unless he picks up an offer. I gotta think that he's gonna get an offer. That's a that's a long kid, and he's a really mm-hmm. nice athlete. Um, but yeah, six four, two hundred ish. Yeah, but his 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 story's still up there. As we're talking Husker football recruiting with Brian Munson of Husker Online here on the block. Brian, what makes this spring game weekend successful for Nebraska on the recruiting front? Is it anything quantifiable or is it going to be just more they feel good about their chances with guys coming out of the weekend? Um, quantifiable. Mm, I don't know if, I, if I'm looking currently at the visitor list, if I feel like any of these guys are going to jump in. Um, you, you're hoping that you make – you're hoping that you make additional headroom here. You make you, know, you want to make some more. You want to make you want to improve your position still a little bit more. You know, Brandon Baker, obviously, it's a huge sign that he came back into town. But you you want to keep keep positioning yourself with him, and you know, and getting Cena to come back to come to town finally, and even Peyton Morgan, who's from Pflugerville, Texas, who I failed to mention before, four star safety that we uh, we confirmed on Saturday night. Um, you know, you want to see in, increased improvement and i think the big reason why and this is kind of dull but it's the truth nebraska's playing in a different end of the pool right now you're 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 down at the deep end of the pool and these guys that are at the deep end of the pool the the, the, the big fish the high highly rated guys they aren't typically coming off the board you know in march and april and they're usually not coming off the board on their first unofficial visit so you're gonna have to have had an established relationship going into this time frame, or hoping that you're bringing them back two or three times in quick succession. Uh, otherwise, you're looking to kind of get out of this time frame. You want them to come back again, hopefully, you know, in June. You want to get them back then, and you want to figure out, you know, what else you can do to kind of get those guys coming back as as much and as often as possible now, leading into the rest of the summer. Okay, Brian, I'm glad you took it that direction because Strick and I were going to get into that before other news broke and we we pivoted. If you look at what Nebraska football's done, you, know, you get Dylan Royola to campus and give him to the basketball game, you get that scene. Brandon Baker coming back. Me, have Micah Parsons back in the day. And basketball even, you know, gets an unofficial with Koa Pete, the number three rated prospect in the 2025 class. Yeah. None of those guys have chosen Nebraska, but they're all at least somewhat interested listening to some degree um, in what the program can offer, what they can bring to it. Should visits from those guys, official, unofficial, whatever, do anything to change the perception that it's hard to recruit to Nebraska or does that perception only change when Nebraska actually lands some of these guys? Um, that's such a great question. Look, um, I would tell you that opportunity is, is it has been there. And I think that if, if you, if you do and I think if we all talked, if we were just, if we were having this discussion and we wanted to lay out, what the pros and the cons were of Nebraska football when it comes to recruiting, we could come up with a great list on both sides. And I think that there are those that are optimists that will look at the pros and say they far outweigh the cons and they would, they would, they would take that job and feel like they could do the job and move it forward. And then I think that there's some guys that would go out there and they would try to do the job they'd have the cons in the back of their, in the back of their head. And when they didn't get these guys to come in for whatever reason, they would go back to that con list and basically go back and point to the, to the, to the, to the points on there and say, well, that came into, that came into play here. That came into play here. And that came into play here. 
I think there's, I think that there are pros and cons to, to both things. And I think it's about how you frame this thing up. And I think what Matt Rule so far has done is he is selling Nebraska. He's selling Lincoln. He's selling the school. He's selling the program. He's not selling himself. It's not been about Matt Rule and his ties to pro football and his, and his successes that he's had at Baylor or his great offensive mind. And you want to be out there and doing things, playing, playing the skill positions for him because of all the past places that he has been in his resume. And it's not that it could be that, but that's not what Matt rule and his staff are doing. They are focused on the guys that want to be there coming to Nebraska for the right reasons. They think that Lincoln is a wonderful place. They think that they think it's a great school, great tradition. And they think that the facilities there are going to be awesome. And they are selling those things to the kids and the kids love it. And they love that coaching staff, and their transparency and just how relatable they are. So I, I think that you can dwell on either one of those two things and you could find yourself then doing a poor job or a great job. But I think that Nebraska, you, the brand is still strong coming from Texas. The brand is strong down there. It always has been. You just felt like you couldn't recruit him anymore because you went to the big 10. And that was, that was a fallacy. It was a total fallacy. It was a lie. It was a way to get out of, get out of that state and go look someplace else that you wanted to go look like in Florida. So, um, and those are probably taking some shots, maybe a little bit too close to some people, but that's, that's just my honest opinion. So as we continue this Husker recruiting conversation, um, you know, Brian, I wasn't around in the seventies, eighties. And I mean, I, for just the last couple of years of the nineties, but it seems to me that this perception that it's hard to recruit to Nebraska has really only come about, you know, when Nebraska hasn't been winning at the level that Nebraska wants to be at. Is right. it is it that simple that, you know, winning would, would help that much to get prospects back? Or do you think, again, depending on how you frame the, the conversation about Nebraska in, in your mind personally, have Nebraska staffs in the past held themselves back and not targeting, you know, the, the big fish in the deep end of the pool in the last 20, 25 years? Well, they, they've targeted those guys, but they've also found quick exits. They've also been mm. able to find guys and say, hey, Brandon Baker two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, gets an offer from Nebraska, but when they have that initial conversation when they offer, they go, not a likely target, move on to the next guy. And as opposed to this guy is a difference maker, this guy three years from now, you're going to hear him and his name being called from wherever the NFL draft is that year and, and Goodell's calling him up and he's a first round draft pick. There, there are two ways, again, to look at things. And, and I think that what you do is you sell out like what, like what Nebraska has been doing for Baker, for Riola, for uh, 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 the, the, the wide receiver that's now top five. Uh, bear. Just went, yeah, Bear. So what you, you've got you've to find those guys there, and, and even like a Carter Nelson. And you've got to go out there and you've got to completely and totally sell out and, and convince those guys that they are – the top of their board and that, that you feel like if they all joined your class, you could pull together something special and they've got to see the bigger picture though, too, because right now there's nothing for Rule and his staff really to stand on because they, they, mm -hmm. they, they don't have a proven record. They're brand new staff. So they've got to see energy. They've got to see, they've got to see the ex excellent things that you could do at practice because there is no track record at how many wins and losses that you're going to have, you know, in the season because you just haven't gotten there yet. So uh, it's going to come, it's going to come down to sometime this fall, like a guy like Brandon Baker that doesn't plan to announce his decision until December. He's going to want to see some of these things kind of come to light. He's going to want to see some, 
some how the how the team is playing and how the how the offense and the offensive line is working and looking. That's going to be big for a guy like that. Because I mean, look at the other schools he's considering: Oregon, USC. I mean, I think he was just at Texas too. Um, you're recruiting against some of the best programs in the nation that have got established coaches and, and established uh, uh, records here recently, and and uh, have great facilities as well. Uh, it's Nebraska has got has got some deficiencies to be able to recruit against that, but Rule and his staff are making up for it in other areas, and they're selling them that promise. You mentioned Bear. We'll circle back to him in just a second for a couple quick thoughts. But what you're saying to me, Brian, is that Nebraska, when it has to be committed, it can't be afraid of missing out on a guy because you're not going to get him if you don't try, right? That's exactly right. I mean, if you want to go out there and think that you can just sign the two stars, the three stars, they're easier gets, and that you think that you can just develop them all, there's probably some guys in that group that you're going to be able to develop. We've seen it before. We know we know who the J.J. Watts are. We, we know who those guys are. They came out of nowhere. They came out of left field. And, yeah, you've got to have a system in place that, that, is, that, is, that is as interested working with those three-star guys as they are the four- and the five-star guys. And I think that the way that the system kind of sets up, it looks at it from, a, from in terms of, the, the information that's at hand. We're looking at the guys that, that have the offers, that, that have the production, that have the system and the way to kind of expose these guys. You got to wonder. You got to wonder what, how a, a guy like Bear would be if he was sitting in Dallas, Texas, or where, where would Carter Nelson be if he was in Kansas City? You know, you really got to sit there and wonder about some of that stuff because the rankings, in a lot of ways, just still have not caught up with those guys, and they're high four-star guys, and that just lets you know a little bit like what my opinion is on those two guys. I think that they are they're borderline five-star, if not five-star guys, and and I think that to your point, it's like if you're not going to go out and identify your guys based on your evaluation, based on the way that you want to approach your process, your 500 mile radius, the way that the guys all set up in it, then you're not being truthful to yourself and you're selling things out and you're, and you're almost like just call you, I'll just call you electricity because you're taking the path of least resistance. And you, you, you do need, you need to have a couple of things, a couple of their irons in the fire, but you've got to go and get those top guys and you've got to really go out there and sell out for them. We'll wrap up with uh, Gatlin Bear. Uh, he does name his yeah. top five, like you said, uh, Boise State, Michigan, Oregon, TCU, along with Nebraska. Uh, reading the write-up from On3, he spoke a lot about Nebraska and what Coach Rule was yeah. doing. He's going to take his five officials uh, this summer. He says, what are the chances Nebraska has with him? I think they're real good. I mean, this is a guy that's still going to take a Mormon trip. You know, he's going to be gone for two years. He's going to start that trip in January and be gone until 2026. But this is also a guy that ran a 10, 1, 8, 100, you know, and he's six foot three ish, six foot four ish, you know, or whatever, you know, six, uh, 190, you know, and he's, he's a, he's a big dude. I, I've always kind of felt like in talking to him, there's been a real soft spot for Boise State. There's always been a real soft spot for Boise State. And, and that, and that's a, that's obviously a geographic problem. And, and that's where you start to kind of get into the situation that like Nebraska is going to Brandon Baker, USC backyard, Oregon brother plays at Oregon bear from Idaho, Boise state. Nebraska is going to find themselves more and more in these situations where geography tends to figure in 
the longer that the process carries out. So Nebraska has to find ways to close on players that are going to get down to top three, top five, and have schools in their own backyard that are part of that list because that's where things are going to get really, really difficult for him down that stretch. So regardless of where he picks, you mentioned that that Mormon mission he's going on. Yeah. A 2024 uh, guy in that class, would he count against the scholarship limit for two years, or does his scholarship not you know, take effect until he actually gets on campus? No, it would actually take effect once he gets back on campus. And there really isn't any type of like binding thing there after that kind of time frame either. Hmm. So it's kind of a slippery slope. You know, um, it's one of those things where he could have a revelation while he's on his his trip, you know, someplace and just starts falling in love with the, the, the area that he is. Let's say he goes to goes to Wyoming, you know, loves Laramie and all of a sudden wants to be a cowboy. Um, that's that kind of story's happened before. There's a, there was the big old quarterback that did that before where he committed to some school and then ended up back at BYU after he took the, took the trip. So um, that's, that's stuff that obviously can happen. And uh, there's really nothing that anybody would be able to do about it at that time. So yeah, there's a recruiting process. Now there'll be a recruiting process to continue as he's on his trip, as he's on his mission, excuse me, and you want to go ahead and make sure you you maintain that relationship with him. Fascinating stuff all around on that front, and we'll obviously be sure to monitor that uh, for a couple of years at least as uh, Gatlin Bear <laughs> takes his Mormon mission. So I hope you're not tired of writing about him yet, Brian, because that's a name that's going to keep popping up, it seems like. Job security for us, guys. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes, sir. Brian, we appreciate you here every Monday here on the block. Thanks for the great insights. And uh, keep the snow away from Carney. If it gets to Carney, do your best ah. to, to promise us that you'll stand out there and stop it from getting any further further east. If you think it, I'm, I'm up here from Texas because I wanted to see the white stuff on the ground. You got another thing coming. So I'll be doing everything <laughs> I can here. Brian, you're the man. Appreciate it. Have a good spring game weekend, man. All right. Be good, guys. We'll see you. Once again, Brian Munson, Husker online. Great stuff from Brian. Always, 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 always great stuff. Um, They are very thorough. Um, Just keep eyes out. You know, I I think I think the thing with Nebraska before we go to break, I think we really just need to um, understand is like things like Bryce McGowan's coming. His success now as he's moved on into the NBA, now getting Mm -hmm. an opportunity to get onto the floor. Um, You're seeing that in basketball. And I, 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 I think. Coach Rule is just selling, like he's like he said, he's not selling past, he's not selling tradition, he's not selling history, selling him, them, and the vision for where they see these young men being able to go into, and it's working. That it is. We're going to step aside for a moment, cross it over with the old school crew that's sitting right in front of me. Uh, Jay having some travel issues. I hope he gets back safely. Kenny out today. So DP will step in for the crossover. And I believe you and DP are leading off old school. Yeah, I'll stay around a little bit. Just help out the old school crew because I'm an old school guy. Yes, sir. So stick around for the crossover and the start of old school here on 93.7 The Ticket next.